When it comes to hearing God's voice, there's a whole lot of misinformation, unrealistic expectations, and just really false teaching. So today, we're going to talk about hearing God's voice. We're going to go to the book of John, the 10th chapter, and really look at what Jesus says about hearing God's voice. I'm Monica Schmelter. I'm glad that you could join us for Bridges today. So we're going to continue on in our book of John study. And today, we will start off in chapter 10. And It talks there about hearing God's voice. So I'm going to start reading there in the first verse. And this is Jesus talking. And he says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he's gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. So I want to stop there for just a moment. And again, we're going to be studying the book of John over the next several weeks. We're in the 10th chapter. The book of John is written by John. And truth number one that we get from these first passages of scripture are that we know his voice. And my prayer and my hope for all of us is that we know his voice will be of great comfort. I know in my own life, as I've looked at my Christian life, I think, well, You know, I would do, you know, God's will. I want to do God's will, but I want to know exactly what that is. I want to know exactly how I can know that I'm hearing from God. And I'm sure uh, that you've had the same or similar thoughts in your Christian walk as well. And so when we look at these first few passages of Scripture, we see that we as people are compared to sheep. We see that Jesus is talking about a shepherd, and he says that the shepherd goes in through the gate and that the sheep hear the shepherd's voice and that they won't listen to a stranger. And I think for one of the things for us to understand when it comes to this first truth, we know his voice, is to approach hearing God's voice with a holy confidence. He says, that we know his voice. He says that we can know his voice, that we'll know the difference from his voice, from a stranger's voice, and that we won't listen to a stranger. So when you try to understand God's word and apply it to your life, one of the things that's critically important is to start with truth. And God's word is the absolute truth. He says we know his voice. So in our lives and in our walk with the Lord, to start with that holy truth, that holy assurance that we know his voice. When you look at these passages of scripture, there are some things that are very clear. It talks about a personal relationship, that the shepherd knows his sheep, that he knows his sheep by their name, that the sheep in turn know his voice. So you see what is spoken about here is relationship closeness. Now, sometimes, you know, when we approach God, we approach God 
through the relationships that other ha- others have with him. We might approach our relationship with him based on what we think um, or what we think. Like people say, well, I don't think God would do that. I don't think God would say that. Well, we all have, right, our thoughts and opinions. But the word makes it clear that we know his voice. The word makes it clear that he knows us. And so when we start with that truth, you look at some other things in these passages of scripture, you see really a closeness that the shepherd opens the gate, that the shepherd calls the sheep by name, that the shepherd leads the sheep, all that elements of a relationship. And more than anything, when it comes to hearing God's voice, while we all want to know 100% sure, we want some sort of a formula. Like if I do this, if I pray this, you know, I need this sign, I need this wonder. And you all, sometimes God does that for us, but sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes we have to trust, we have to have that faith. But he says that we can know his voice, that he knows us by our name, and he wants us to have that relationship, to have that closeness. Now, in other parts of the Bible, there will be examples like this. Sheep are referred to as belonging to Christ, that example, and goats. Goats are given as an example as children of the evil one. If you look at the way that sheep are raised and treated and the way that goats are raised and treated and trained, they're entirely different. Sheep are led. The shepherd goes ahead of the sheep. Sheep really don't have great vision. They can only see about six feet or so in front of them. And think about that example as it, how it might relate to us, right? We can only see so far. We need our shepherd to be in front of us, to lead us out of trouble if trouble is in our way. And that's what the Bible promises. Now, goats, on the other hand, when they are trained, the goat herder, so to speak, goes behind them and drives them. There's a constant hurry up. There's a constant, the way that they are trained, the way that goats, goats are not led. They are driven. Just do a study on that and you'll see the difference. So when I talk about today hearing God's voice, if we understand his truth and the assurance that he wants relationship, he wants us to be able to relax and to be at ease in his presence to trust that he goes before us and to trust that we can hear from him and that we can recognize his voice. I'm going to go on here in scripture just a moment and get a drink of water here. And to understand this closeness that God wants to have with us. Hearing God's voice is really an invitation to relationship. And I'm going to put these verses and the other things that I talk about today in the online extras with our lesson from John chapter 10 today, hearing God's voice, picking up in verse six, it says, those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant. So he explained it to them. I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, 
I am the gate. And remember, this is Jesus talking. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go, go freely and find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and to destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and a satisfying life. Now, let's stop there for just a moment. Some passages of scripture and some translations don't say rich and satisfying life. Uh, they might say, I came to give you life and life more abundantly, but we understand regardless of the translation, what Jesus is saying here is that he came to give us purpose. He came to work good in our lives, good in us and good through us. So remember again, hearing God's voice. God does not scold and shame his children. Now, does he ever correct us? Absolutely he does. But even when he has to discipline us or correct us, it is always with love and truth, and it's always with our best interest at heart, just like a good parent with a child. But he says the enemy's purpose is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And we're going to talk about that more here in just a moment. But stay with me in Scripture. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, and I'll start reading out of John 10 with verse 14. Jesus says there, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me, just as my father knows me, and I know my father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too that are not in the sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock with one shepherd. Now you all, there is so much there in just those couple of verses. We could spend the whole 30 minutes of the Bridges show there. We can't do that, but I'm going to do my best out of this chapter 10, this book study in the book of John. Truth number two that we see from this passage of scripture is let God define abundant life. When I say those words, abundant life, or we look at some other translations that talk about rich and satisfying life, we have our idea here on planet Earth of what abundant life is. Even when we talk about God's good plans for us, we have our ideas and sometimes our ideas are unrealistic or in other words, they're not based on biblical truth. They're just what we think here in this broken world uh, of how life should be or how it should go or how God wants it to go. And I think we have to understand that what is important, and when we talk about hearing God's voice, is we need to let God define abundant life. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. He knows what he means by these scriptures. And so I will put these scriptures and other things up on the online extras, but when I talk about rich and satisfying life or let God define abundant life, we can look at earthly situations, heartbreaking situations like a mother losing a child. When we look at that and the sadness and the trauma, the grief, the loss, 
many people will question God. Many people will say, well, I don't think that a loving God could ever do that to a parent. Most of us would say that doesn't sound like abundant life. But when it comes to hearing God's voice, when it comes to developing a relationship with him, when it comes to passages of scripture like abundant life or God's good plan, we really have to go back to biblical truth. When we look at abundant life, when the angel announced to Mary that she had, was going to conceive a child and that the child would be the savior of the world, we, of course, get very happy about that, and we should, right? He's our Savior. It's a miracle. And yet, for Mary, who by most biblical theologians say she was very young, probably a teenager, it was spoken to her that she had found favor with God. In other words, that is an abundant life. And yet, to, un to have to go through that, for Joseph, who she was betrothed to, to find out that the woman he was engaged to is pregnant and that she was overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. What sense in a broken world does any of that make, that that's favor, that that's abundant life? And yet, it's the big one of the biggest miracles that ever happened that is abundant life. When we look at earthly situations that cause us grief or disappointment, Many times, and again, I've got to get another drink of water here. Many times we question God and we think, but how is this possibly a good plan? How is this possibly abundant life? But we really have to understand that when God is talking about abundant life, it may not look exactly like it looks to us. For example, with Mary, the fact that she gave birth to the Savior of the world, that it was God's good plan to send a Savior. That's abundant life, is God's good plan. And that good plan may look very different. If we look at, for example, we talked for a moment about a mother losing a child, a family that's in foreclosure, that they're losing their house. They may question this. They may say, well, how could this happen if God loves me? I mean, I've been serving him. I go to church. I, I pay my tithes. I give. And, you know, we don't know what God is going to do in our lives in all of these various situations. In those situations, when we hear about God's good plan for a rich and a satisfying life, we have to really understand and lean into that may look very differently than how we've defined it or what we've expected. But we know that even when we go through those challenges, that he's promised to work it all out for our good when we love him, when we are called according to his purpose. So I would say to you right now, if you are in one of those really challenging situations, if you're grief stricken, if you think that all hope is lost, that doesn't stop God from working in and through your life. That doesn't mean that God is mad at you. That doesn't mean that abundant life is for everybody else but you. What it does mean is that in spite of the challenges and the grief and the drama and trauma, life in broken planet Earth, He still 
giving us a rich and a satisfying life the way that he defines it. And he makes it clear in John 10 that it is the thief, it is the enemy who robs, who kills, who destroys. God is never the author of evil. We can argue all day long, well, does he know what's going to happen before it happens? Does he allow evil? Does he permit evil? What we see in scripture, and we're talking again in the book of John chapter 10 today, is that Jesus is the good shepherd. He goes ahead of us and he leads the way. That he says, we know his voice and that we trust him enough to let him define abundant life and that we trust him in those circumstances that seem less than abundant, in those circumstances that seem less than hope filled, that he's the God of the impossible and that he can still bring about huge miracles and breakthroughs in our lives, even when it seems that all hope is lost. So we have to let God define abundant life and give up our need to understand everything that happens to us and what the greater good might be. Let God define abundant life and determine that because he says we can know his voice, that we can know his voice and walk in close relationship with him and that he will lead and guide us through life on broken planet earth. We're going to pick up here again in just a moment in verse 17 as Jesus uh, goes on. He says, the father loves me because I sacrifice my life so I may take it back again. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily for I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and to take it up again for this is what my father has commanded. When he said these things, the people were again divided in their opinions about him. Some said, he said, he's demon possessed and out of his mind. Why listen to a man like that? Others said, this doesn't sound like a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? So I want to point out here that even in Jesus' day, the crowd was divided. Not everyone that saw the miracles, the signs, the wonders, not everyone that heard Jesus speak understood and followed and accepted him. And it's no different today. But when it comes to hearing God's voice, we have really got to take the time to get to know God the way that God defines himself in the word of God. It is not what we think or what our opinions or what in the world could God be doing in this and how could he be doing that. There comes a place that we have to give that up. We lay that down in exchange for the truth of his word where it says we can know his voice and we can look at our lives and our circumstances and say, God says he's giving me abundant life and that's exactly what I have. And anything that's been lost or robbed or stolen, that is the thief, that is not God. What he is teaching us here in John 10 is that he is good. 
And when we go to listen, to hear his voice, we listen for his truth. We listen for his goodness to come alive in our hearts. I'm going to start here again in just a moment and start reading from verse 25. Just have to get another drink of water. It says here, Jesus replied, I've already told you and you don't believe me. The proof is the work that I do in my father's name. But you don't believe me because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. For my father has given them to me and he is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from the father's hand. The father and I are one. And again, that's some powerful truth about hearing God's voice. Jesus himself declares that he and the father are one. Jesus himself declares that we cannot be snatched from the father's hand. And for those of you right now that are feeling disconcerted, that are feeling concerned about the state of the world, about the culture, about the way that Christians are perceived and mocked as haters these days, I want you to latch on to truth number three. We are secure in the Father's hand. When it comes to hearing God's voice, we know his voice. He is the one that defines abundant life biblically, not in the earthly realm. We are secure in the Father's hand. There is nothing that the enemy, there is nothing that any evil person, place, or thing in this world can do to snatch us out of the Father's hand. We are secure in our Father's hand. Our Father is more powerful than any other. That may not be the rhetoric of our culture today, but that is the truth of God's word that will stand the test of time. God's word says heaven and earth will pass away, but God's word will stand forever, forever. We are safe in the Father's hand. While we are watching our world live all topsy-turvy now, while we are watching everything that can be shaken be shaken, we are secure in our Father's hand. He is more powerful than any other, and we have the privilege and the honor of hearing God's voice. It is not impossible to understand the voice of God. He says we can understand his voice. Now, I will put all of this up on the online extras. Right after Jesus says that he and the Father are one, the crowds again get agitated one more time because they think that he's a blasphemer because he is making himself equal with God. But he is equal with God. Jesus and the Father are one, and our Father is more powerful than any other. So while I understand that the enemy does uh, attack us on occasion, and sometimes it's our own uh, sinful mistakes that we have consequences that come back against us, 
Regardless of what is happening, our Father is more powerful than any other, and we are secure in our Father's hand. And I wish that we had more time to continue talking about hearing God's voice, but I hope that today that you can lean into the fact that we can be confident in hearing God's voice because we are His children. Truth number one, we know His voice. Truth number two, let God define abundant life. Don't let your own mind, your own thoughts, or anybody else's tell you what abundant life is. Abundant life is what God's Word says abundant life is. And truth number three, we are secure in the Father's hand. So as we see in our world, the moment and the days get darker and darker and darker, we can either be angry or scared about that, or we can hold on to today's truth. We know His voice, and we are secure in Him. Hey, Ted, what do you want to do today? Well, Ashley, I've always got uh, work to do, naps to take, but I have a better idea. How about we invite everyone to listen to the Team Us podcast? I love that idea. Let's do it right now. Hi, everyone. We're Ted and Ashley Slater, and we'd love for you to join us as we talk about teamwork in marriage. We share how grace, commitment, and cooperation can help couples live the everyday moments of marriage together. To listen, go to lifeaudio.com and search for Team Us.